need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Hey, this is your host, Lina. Sorry, I was away for a while. It was quite intense, me being Lithuanian and running a company that is of Lithuanian for indirect investment and having Lithuanian brands to bring to China while two countries have entered this complicated time in history in the diplomatic relations. But uh, now it seems like I'm on the other side and just last week we presented the new fruit wine brand from Lithuania to China and received a really positive feedback from more than 300 B2B leads while doing tastings and conversations. So it seems like the trade is ongoing and the political discussions are ongoing too, but this is really separated, which I'm really happy. Now today I'm continuing the series of interviews we held for the training of a 150-year-old Japanese corporation. This particular one I'm really happy about. It's my friend Athena, who we interview about business leadership in China. She is of Chinese ethnicity but grew up in New Zealand and became very successful at Boston Consulting Group until she was hired to facilitate the merger between Heineken and Xuehua. And she was overseeing that for a few years, until her sister attracted funding for her startup, Yeyo, which is a vegan yogurt brand, doing really well in China right now. And I was just very curious to see how she stepped out of her corporate career and went into a family business with her sister in a very competitive market, fast-moving consumer goods, and also in a very new market in China, vegan yogurt. So I'm really positive about this conversation. I think you will learn a lot from that. I admire Athena myself. And yeah, if you are ever in China or you have friends in China, please encourage them to try out Yeo. <laughs> I personally love it a lot. So that's all for the introduction. And I hope you enjoy the episode this week. And see you soon. Hey, hi, Athena. Welcome to my office. I'm really happy to see you here today. We already talked to two inspirational leaders, and I'm so happy to be talking to you as well. We have learned uh, from Elijah, who you also know, mm -hmm. that he chooses as a leader to open up opportunities to people to create their own processes and reach their own goals in whichever way he likes or they like. And as long as they see the vision and reach certain milestones, he's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. Then from Helen, who's a Chinese entrepreneur based in Hangzhou, mm -hmm. we learned that she treats her company as her family. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is such a beautiful Chinese way of doing things. And uh, for me, it's very interesting to talk to you because I think you're on the conversion <laughs> <laughs> from corporate world and startup world and also the Chinese world and the Western world since mm -hmm. you were born and raised in New Zealand but mm -hmm. now you're trying to penetrate the Chinese market mm -hmm. and uh, since you have a lot of experience uh, in Boston Consulting Group and now you're working in a very new environment of raising capital mm -hmm. and pitching and converting oh convincing people of your future impact mm -hmm. on the she economy. <laughs> 
So yeah, so that's very, very interesting. So thank you for coming. You're very welcome. My pleasure. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about who you are and mm -hmm. what do you do today? Thank you, Lena. So my name is Athena Zhu, which is a Chinese name because I am Chinese ethnically. My parents are Chinese. Mm. But as you mentioned, I was born and raised in New Zealand, uh, finished my studies in New Zealand, and then I began my career working with the Boston Consulting Group in the Australasian Asia-Pacific mm -hmm. region and sort of moved my way um, progressively north towards this big continent of Asia, mm -hmm. coming from the little islands of New Zealand and Australia. And yeah, I ended up working for Heineken in China for many years, um, mm -hmm. for close to five years after I left BCG. I worked with Heineken here and discovered this economy and the whole culture and everything here is very very thought-provoking. It's very hmm. vibrant. It's very hmm. dynamic. And it, uh, for myself and my background, it really made me have to challenge assumptions that I have about what is good leadership, hmm. you know, what is, uh, what is effectiveness, what's good, what's, what's actually, you know, model ways of working or how do hmm. systems work, etc. And accept that the reality here is seemingly very, looks very different the way they do mm -hmm. things, but the results prove themselves. And at the end of the day, you know, we should follow results rather than our own assumptions. Hmm. So I found, mm -hmm. I found that learning process here just so fascinating. And I personally am, I really, I really am a very curious person. Hmm. And I think I, I realized this as I, as I get older and older as well, is that all I really want to do is just keep learning and learning and learning. And so I think as a curious person, this environment was like, you know, candy for a baby because it was hmm. always new things to look at to, yeah, to challenge uh, my assumptions and hmm. to really try to understand, well, why, why is that? And hmm. How would you then reapply it maybe? Or is it even reapplicable? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I skipped, I stayed longer. And now I, uh, since 18 months ago, have been working together with my sister as a co-founder to build our own company. What our mission is, is to bring functional, delicious, and nutritious plant-based dairy alternative beverages mm -hmm. to the Chinese consumers mm -hmm. in the Chinese market. Yeah. I heard uh, since you have taken on this mission, you have uh, packed up your suits and I think shipped it back to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> no, not worth the shipping costs. <laughs> They're just sitting. Donated they're just sitting in a corner somewhere. Yeah. Some of them have actually indeed been donated, <laughs> or like, yeah, anybody want this? Yeah, but yeah, mm. I, I think indeed. Uh, in fact, you know, it's outside of. Uh, of course, there are some industries within China where the suit and the mm -hmm. you know is is required, like in the finance world. I think mm -hmm. it, that is still the case. But I, I think that outside of that, the Chinese actually really on the work on the work level dress very casually. Yes, I see a lot of hoodies and a lot of flip-flops and mini skirts in the office because I work in the Chinese uh, office. Yeah. I'm the only foreign company here, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah well, it's yeah. always uh, very challenging for foreigners yeah, to yeah. understand. It's as if they're not taking you seriously, but you have raised capital and you have attracted investment with your pink hair. So Yeah, it's very... Know, nobody I, I, is yeah. questioning your skills. No, it's <laughs> yeah. different here. I do think that some of the things about how to dress or how to, how to mm. behave, it's not the same they also have their set of rules or their mm, own way mm, of judging mm, things you know mm. but it's not the same as what we have what i experienced at least in the west and so yeah. what do you think are the differences what was something that you noticed yeah i think i noticed that i think here it's it's really feel making people feel good mm -hmm. is very important 
and it's more important, I feel, than in the West um, proving your capability per se. Mm-hmm. So in my experience before, and maybe it was also the period or, or the, the part of my career, mm-hmm. I felt like it's, you know, it's come to the table in the West with your plans all ready to go. You think through mm-hmm. the problems mm-hmm. and you've got to show your competence mm-hmm. by having good analysis, good answers, you know, thinking in advance of what the questions might be that are going to be asked and being prepared, being mm-hmm. professional, you know, what we define there as professional or the yeah, Correct. things yeah. pre prepared. Mm-hmm. In China, it's more about okay, how do you make people feel, right? Mm. So, do they feel like you understand them? Do they feel like you respect them? Mm. Do they feel like they can trust you? In other mm. words, that they can explain what they need to you, and you listen, mm. and you can have common ground. Mm. And that is more important than do you have you know, from the get-go, all of mm. the so-called capability of, like, all of your data, all of your sheets, all of your whatever, right? Mm. So, mm. yeah, and, and in that, I think the way you dress is mm. is not necessarily about, like, I think the way we dress professionally in the mm-hmm. West is, again, more linked to competence mm-hmm. and, like, Correct. professionalism, being tidied up mm-hmm. and, you know, professional, whereas here it's showing a little bit of who I am, mm-hmm. but also so that I can give you the opportunity to show a little bit of who you are mm-hmm. and we are here, you know, being comfortable together. And more transparent? More, yeah, and more mm-hmm. closer, more intimacy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think, as you mentioned, you had a previous speaker who talked about she sees her her role as like her company is her family. Mm-hmm. I think that's very much so here. Leadership, mm-hmm. leadership here is totally linked to your family. Mm-hmm. And I think your role as a leader in China is not just about delivering the work. Mm-hmm. It's about the broader sense of what leadership means in the Confucius, you know, mm-hmm. like Confucius context, Correct. which is a fatherly figure, even if you're not the biological father or mother, mm-hmm. but to really support your team in that holistic way. Hmm. Yeah. Another topic that was mentioned a lot by two previous speakers is trust. Mm. And you just briefly mentioned that too, that the more you open up for your personality, the more people can feel they can trust you. Mm. So coming from the background of your Heineken time, mm. when you helped Heineken merge with Xuehua, mm. how was that, I don't know, integrated, mm. the Chinese trust? in this open, transparent way, even Mm. professional clothing in the office, Mm. Uh, whereas Heineken has also a very long-standing tradition of doing things a certain way. Mm -hmm. So how did you succeed Mm -hmm. or did you fail? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you Mm. failed. (laughs) I think the success that really comes down to, you know, I firmly believe that humans always have more in common than we have different, right? Mm. And fundamentally, like all the stuff, even about how you dress or the culture, that's still on the surface. Like mm. underneath everybody is still, we're still motivated mm. by the very, very similar um, motives. So, so long as you take the time or you really stay interested in your partner that you're talking to, that you're mm. engaging with, and you will find that common ground. Mm. And then from there, you will have trust and understanding. So, yeah, two beer companies getting together, that's not hard to build trust when they all love beer mm-hmm. and beer is a lubricant, you know, and that's mm. why I really enjoyed my experience in the beer mm. industry because that's what that's what it does. It lubricates mm. social mm-hmm. engagements, you know. I have noticed that after five years in China, after seven years in China, after 10 years in China, and now after 12 years in China, I can drink less and less. 
Yeah. Because people know my background and I'm trustworthy because I have survived here as a owner of a company for so many years yeah. as a foreigner. So my story is what makes them seal the deal. It's not the amount of alcohol that I drink. No, I don't think it's about mm -hmm. the amount of alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's not about like, are you a good drinker? If mm -hmm. you drink a mm -hmm. lot, then I trust you. It's not that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's they want to have an experience in which you and I, we're about to be par partners mm -hmm. where we both let loose, mm -hmm. you know, okay. where we're both completely relaxed mm -hmm. and yourselves, yourselves right? and mm -hmm. almost even at a point where we're going to embarrass ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you're a little bit drunk and I'm a little bit drunk mm -hmm. maybe, you know, but, and then there is where that's to build the trust again mm. so it's not at all about like the business mm. the best business deals are not to go to the people who can drink the most mm -hmm. it's not like that it's not about like encouraging alcoholism or something mm -hmm. it's just to say that the real like clinching of the mm -hmm. deals even the real discussion of the terms mm -hmm. often happen in that moment where everybody is relaxed and mm -hmm. they want to wait to also see when you're really relaxed and i'm really relaxed mm. what can we talk about Hmm. You know, will you now listen? Like, what what will we be able to get alignment hmm. and agreement and connection hmm. on? So when I had this intense negotiations on the governmental level, I turned to my thesis supervisor. He used to be the ambassador of China to the European Union and was living in Brussels for some time. And I said, how do I talk to them? He said, just be straight with your intentions. Yes, so absolutely. So you need to come and be very open and tell them exactly what you want. Yes. And then, well, there is a bigger chance that you will get what you wanted rather than if you keep it covered up with like all the smart words or. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 No, I don't think you need smart words covering things up and, mm -hmm. and dealing with business in China. Mm -hmm. I think you need to, you, what you need to be prepared for if there's any kind of covering up or not being completely fully direct. Mm -hmm. It's not about yourself being direct or indirect. I think it's more about giving the other person, being aware that the other person needs room mm -hmm. to maneuver, Contribute. to move, mm -hmm. to contribute mm -hmm. and to move, right? So don't mm -hmm. put them in a corner. Mm -hmm. Don't don't tell them in a way that becomes like, mm. you know, if you don't do for this for me, you're horrible. Mm -hmm. Then you've put them in a corner, right? Like don't put your... Be compassionate. Give them space. Mm -hmm. Give them the opportunity to say no in a mm -hmm. graceful way. Mm -hmm. You know, don't corner them because mm -hmm. if you corner them, that doesn't. They don't. They also don't want to. It's not that they're indirect, but they mm -hmm. also don't want to be rude. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a it's a culture that really cares about hospitality, right? So How you look. Yeah, yeah. Others. They don't want yeah. to make you look bad. Mm -hmm. So don't give them a situation where you know they can't, but only make you look bad. Mm -hmm. You know, unless. Unless they agree to your terms. So, so how does that good. apply in team management? Because a team making mistakes is not the same as a leader making mistakes, right? Like, because you need to direct your team to reach certain KPIs. So, and you need to hold them accountable. And sometimes you do need to corner them. So how do you apply this in practice with your team? Yeah, I think with a team, you do need to, yeah, hold them accountable mm -hmm. and it is okay to quote unquote corner them. Like mm -hmm. it's a different relationship in that situation. And, mm -hmm. and here I think in teams, they don't feel that bad about losing face when it's the top down, mm. right? So you have to really be aware of hierarchy. Mm -hmm. The Chinese, everything, context is everything. China mm -hmm. is very much seeped in, you know, thousands of years of Confucianism mm -hmm. where leadership 
is or hierarchy is the word I'm looking for. Hierarchy mm-hmm. is both respected and valued, right? So I, I come from in New Zealand. New Zealand is a very egalitarian society mm-hmm. where we pride ourselves in not having hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And like the most junior person can have the best idea, you know. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense when you're a very small country of only five million people. And if, a young country. A young to China. country, mm-hmm. small country, if not everybody can speak their mind, then you mm-hmm. just have nothing. You know, mm-hmm. you have such few resources. Yeah. Here, if everybody spoke their mind, you would have chaos. I know? think uh, what we were talking before, it was very interesting for me, is that you need to know the limits of how open you can be within your team. What mm-hmm. you were saying is that sometimes you can be challenged and express your mind in one way with your co-founders, but not necessarily with the team that yeah. is subordinate. Yeah, so absolutely. This, I think it's very difficult to learn sometimes that you need to filter and understand how this will be perceived in different circles. And sometimes in China, it is not okay to express the mind if you're just starting as an intern. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hierarchy role is Mm -hmm. very, they're very sensitive to that here. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you also need to play your role. Right. Um, That's very difficult for me to learn that I need to be the reputable leader Mm -hmm. um, because Mm -hmm. this is what I represent in this dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask about a challenge, Mm. but um, one thing that kept coming up in my mind was how you went from one uh, brand identity to the mass market brand identity. I don't know if you want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so the context being that we used to be a handmade, Mm -hmm. right, artisanal Mm -hmm, yogurt mm -hmm. and, yeah, needing to go to being mass market, FMCG friendly, totally available in all supermarkets, this kind of scalable product. Yeah. So I think uh, as a leader, sometimes you need to make sacrifices. And then I imagine because it was such a you know, heartfelt uh, brand for your sister and you. Yeah. It is a family business. And then suddenly it is taken away from your hands and somebody is telling you that you need to change yeah. the way it looks. So you need to change the way it tastes. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So how did it make you feel? And yeah. how did you stay authentic in that uh, yeah. transformation? I am actually, I didn't feel much like, I mm. didn't struggle much, to be honest, mm. because I mentioned no emotions. Like, I mentioned that, like, I enjoy business because I like balancing all the different Mm. factors. And then the other thing you told me that you never sell something that people don't already. Yeah, people don't already feel familiar with. Yeah, so I love balancing the different things, and I love making people feel good. Again, it's making Mm. people feel good. So not telling them you are wrong, you should have done this, Mm. but Mm. it's like. Hey, you know how you care about this? You know how you already like this? Here's mm. something that can really help you to open up that part mm. of your life, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm a business person. I'm not an artist, mm. right? So mm. I think as an artist, you can go, look, I just believe this is exactly what I want. I have a vision that's not about any other metrics of success mm. other than mm. putting my vision down and, and creating it. And mm. I don't care if other people don't like it. You know, that mm, to me mm. is the definition of art, uh, artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas as a business person, or a hobby, a hobby, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As a business person, <laughs> I'm ultimately here to be tested by the market, mm. by the consumers, the customers, mm. the suppliers, the whole market, the whole chain. Mm. And I, that's who I am accountable to. I'm accountable mm. to that system and mm. I, I enjoy solving a problem for them. So for me, when we looked mm. at Yayo, there is the artisanal Yayo that is beautiful and has mm-hmm. a following of consumers behind it, which is great. Mm. 
But we could see that, you know, those consumers are living in a different pool mm. to the consumers that we need to capture in order for mm. the business model to work, mm. right? The business model requiring you know, the scale to mm. sell this much yogurt in order for it to balance you know, my, my P&L, mm. and mm. therefore I must be able to capture this many consumers, et cetera, mm. et cetera. That's the game we've decided to play, you know, mm. because we've, we've signed up to that business model. We need to make it work. Mm. If, if we decide we can also decide a different business model, in which case I need a different size. Artist. Yeah, to be an artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could yeah. decide to be an artist as a business mm. model type of thing. And, mm. and then that's, that's different. But having chosen that for whatever reason, okay, mm. that's our decide. That's our decision. That's where we're trying to go. Then for me, it's really just problem solving. How do I solve for? Mm this to be successful so then when you were working in the corporate structure mm. were you able also to make these calls were you empowered how do you navigate a very rigid uh, process driven environment mm. and still bring this because it feels a very vibrant energetic uh, decision making mm. yeah 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 <laughs> i think um I mean, I cannot speak for, I, I would not speak for the corporate world. I can only speak for Heineken. Yeah. yeah. And my experience at Heineken China or also my experience at BCG. Mm. And of course, there's everything exists for a reason. And when the corporate world became more like has, let's say, its re reputation to be mm. rigid and whatnot, mm. I think there's also very good reason for that. But when... At the end of the day, I think I was lucky enough to work in organizations that had good leadership, which mm. means leaders that could had a mm. vision. What does it were, mean? Yeah. yeah, leaders that can see and listen to what's going on. Mm. I, I remember one time actually at a at a leadership training where mm. the trainer asked us, "What is leadership? You know, mm. and what does it mean to be a leader?" And people said, "Oh, whatever. Like, uh, have a vision, deliver results, uh, mm. tell your team what to do." Mm. But in the end, what I really remember, I can't like my takeaway that was an aha moment is mm -hmm. leadership is leaders are needed when there is change. Mm. When the environment around you is changing. Mm. If there is no change, we all know what to do. We just mm. go do it day in, day out. You don't need leaders. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Leadership is needed to navigate change. Mm. And that's where I think like in my experience and the leaders I've worked with, I've been very lucky to work with great leaders mm -hmm. who really have been role models and coaches and mentors. Mm. And they have always been very acutely interested in, concerned about, and, you know, all about how to navigate this change. So mm. I don't think they ever thought like, oh, we're just going to do the same thing every over and over. It's the system is more important than mm -hmm. the market and the results. I don't mm. think so. Mm. It was always what's going on out there. Oh, mm. this mm. channel is moving or, you know, the consumer landscape is changing. Mm. How do we navigate that? Mm. And in order to do that, you can never, you can't be totally rigid. Mm. But having said that, of course, they can't be as flexible as a startup with yeah. like you know a handful of people mm. because you have to make you know when a bigger organization you also have back to diversity you just have a more diverse you know pyramid of people I and there are some people are yes yeah your people there people are inherently afraid of change mm -hmm. you know and you have if you have that many people eighty thousand people or whatever it is in these companies mm. you have to look after leadership is also about looking after your teams mm. right mm. and if you were to change all the time out of mm. your eighty thousand mm. people a bunch of them are going to go crazy you're going to mm. drive mm. people nuts right mm. like they can't you need consistency you need consistency mm. they can't 
change at that pace with、mm. you. It's not fair to expect、mm. in such a large organization that everybody changes. And、like、that. you kept saying that you had mentors, leaders,、mm. and、uh, coaches who inspired you. Do you remember what was the consistent thread? What made you trust them, or what made you believe in them? What was the communication type, or、mm. how would they approach、mm. you to mentor you? Because you're just an employee, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is. Sometimes seen in some organizations where、uh, it's just you know. Yeah, no, I think I've been very lucky that pretty much all of my bosses, anybody that I've ever reported to,、mm. many many people, I never felt like we were just only there to deliver a result,、mm-hmm. you know, some number for the shareholders.、Mm. I think there was always a sense of like, what do you want to learn? Mm. What do you want to experience?、Mm. And I think what touched me the most, looking back at mentorship or coaching,、mm-hmm. or whatever, the number of times that my leaders have taken a bet on me.、Mm. You know, the way that I described about like, oh yeah, if somebody is maybe not doing something perfectly, to go、mm. maybe there, maybe that's right.、Mm. You know, and what I said about. You, you there's a seat and then there's the experience level and you you like you find somebody who's not quite there and then、mm. see if they can catch up.、Mm. I had leaders who were like, I'm down here、mm. and there's a seat here and they're like, you know what? I'm going to give you a shot. See,、mm. I believe that you can learn fast enough to take、mm. the seat.、Mm. You know, and that kind of faith and and giving me the chance mm. Mm. is absolutely amazing. Taking a risk. Taking a risk. Yeah, yeah exactly. There are some questions by Cao Corporation, and they're asking, "What do you think are the challenges for established uh, current uh, leading companies to transform themselves this, in this rapidly changing environment?" Yeah, so I think that's something indeed we we briefly touched on, which is、mm-hmm. leadership is all about change, right? Right. But I think that maybe the main Challenge these days is to lean even more into that change. I think、mm. we've gone through this journey as humanity, where、mm-hmm. a couple of hundred, few hundred years ago,、mm. the world was entirely unpredictable. Really,、mm. you have no data, nothing to predict. So leaders are used to just making decisions on the fly.、Mm. You know, nobody knew, right? So let's、mm. say at the beginning of the industrial revolution or whatever, nobody knew where is this going. Like you just have to. Figure, you just have to leap. You just、mm. have to take on these ambu- ambiguous decisions, right?、Mm-hmm. Then you know we did a great thing where we have data. We discovered data. We discovered ways to use data to analyze it, and then we made our world much more predictable. And we also increased the efficiency of of humans,、mm. very very much so, right? And I think because of that, we have to be very thankful for、mm. the consistency that has happened happened in the last you know half a century. It's really lifted our you know. Our living standards, everything. We now live in complete material abundance、mm. um, because of the sufficiency that it's achieved via the data and the、mm. predictability, right?、Mm. But now we are moving again into. Less predictability, for whatever reason. I'm no expert on this. I'm sure some, you know, sociologist、mm, or whoever、mm. can tell us what are the forces behind this. But I have a feeling, you know, many of us talk about this feeling that it's becoming more dynamic. The change is happening faster, and it's、mm. less predictable, right? And I think that's we kind of have to relearn what is, I believe, an innate human ability to like figure out how to deal with ambiguity and、mm. deal with change. But we have to. Relearn how to do that, and I think、mm. for many leaders of big organizations, if you are already, let's say, three decades in、mm-hmm. leadership, you have in the first couple of decades learned that success is being very predictable and consistent and doing plans that、mm. you, you know, three-year plans、yeah. and you deliver them right.、Mm-hmm. And now you have to unlearn that and、mm. go back into a world where there is 
ambiguity. Mm. But this reminds me of like again another leader of mine had once told said if you make decisions with data you are mm. driving while looking in the rearview mirror. Mm. And mm. that right. is that is all like that's all still useful. You have yeah. to, especially since nobody can see through the windscreen because nobody yeah. can see the future. Mm. So you must look in the rearview mirror a little bit, mm. right? But that's more useful when the road is straight. Mm. You know, you look at the rearview mirror and that'll like you can align yourself to that and mm. that works. Mm. It's less useful if the road is completely unpredictable mm. and the past doesn't really reflect the future enough. Mm. then looking at the rearview mirror all the time, you may as well just try to see whatever you can, mm. you know, in the very foggy, unclear windscreen mm. and try to just move faster to, to capture what happens rather than mm. be busy looking in the rearview mirror. And so what do you think are the biggest challenges for you right now and where do you see your company going in the next uh, three to five years? Yeah, so we are at the very beginning mm -hmm. of the journey, right? Like the absolute opposite to some you know, very historical organizations or, or like really rooted, grounded organizations mm -hmm. like how we are literally at year at 18 months of mm -hmm. our, of our organization. And so we need to do everything. We need to build everything, everything mm -hmm. from the supply chain to the sales channels to the brands, the team, all mm -hmm. of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's the question for us well, is really done it before. So it's new for the organization, but not for you. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, no, for me, it's also new. Mm -hmm. It's also new to, to do it. To do it in China, mm -hmm. do it with like this pace or like mm -hmm. really from oh, yeah, this yeah, level yeah. of building, right? Mm. And so it's the biggest challenge is how to how to maximize the resources that mm. we have to to try to achieve these things, mm. yeah, mm. and and also navigating that in the moving world. Yeah. And so what do you think you can do as a leader to make it easier? Focus on the core mm. of what must be focused on. Be really firm on the core, mm. but leave lots of flexibility outside of the core. So mm. the core for us is we must have, no matter what, high quality product mm. that tastes good mm. and is nutritious. Mm. That's the core. Okay. Mm. And, and of course it should, it's got, and plant based, like those things are the core. Mm. Beyond that, everything else is movable. My mm. assumption about what is the right sales channel today might be wrong tomorrow. You know, mm, and mm. anyway, I have to maximize the resources I have. So mm. if I happen to have resources tomorrow, I find new resources that are really good at a mm. sales channel I haven't thought about before. Go, go, go. Mm, you know, mm. that's maybe not core yet, right? As mm. I get bigger, then my core needs to expand because I've built, I've built more, you mm. know, foundations or, or my, my house has its shape. So I cannot mm. change that much, but I should still always try to keep that balance of mm. what is the core and what is other stuff that's flexible so I can maximize. Thank you very much. I think with Athena today we learned um, a few things. First of all, that leadership means being in charge of change, being the one who stirs the change and leader is required to oversee it. Secondly, I think we learned that the big corporations today are mainly challenged with ambiguity. The plans are no longer the same and you cannot trust a three-year or five-year plan anymore. And thirdly, I think the most interesting takeaway is that you need to manage yourself as a leader and to know when you can communicate to your subordinates and also to your peers. So that filter is essential before you open up because there is a very thin line of how much harm it can do and how much good it can do. Being transparent has its limits as well. Oh, so thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry. China Business Cast is here for you. 
Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.